So the reading today, uh, it's kind of confusing. Comfort, oh comfort my people, says the Lord. The reading talks a lot about sin and getting penalty for sin. How many of you feel like the Catholic Church talks a lot about sin? I do, definitely. Catholic Church is always talking about sin, right? Maybe sometimes it seems like uh, that's all God really cares about is having a bunch of rules and making us all follow the rules. Who here likes following rules? <laughs> Who here doesn't like following rules? Come on, get your hands up, people. Okay, pretty good answer. You know, and sometimes it seems like the church is just a bunch of rules, right? Um, and that God just has certain things that he doesn't like, he doesn't want us to do, and he tells us, no, you can't do that. And if you, don't, if you do it, then I'll punish you, right? I'll bet you you can relate. Um, for us, it's really hard to submit to authority. I even experienced that. I have a superior. I live in a community of priests. One of them is named the superior, and he is the authority figure, and he has to be obeyed when he wants something, you know? Um, he's a really nice guy, really good superior, but sometimes it's hard, right? Uh, the other day I was visiting another high school, and I went in and I was talking to these, these guys who were asking me to do a Catholic rap. I didn't do a Catholic rap, but uh, someday I'll get one ready for you. And, uh, and this teacher came along and started yelling at them about their uniform. Like, you're not wearing the right uniform pants. And he was like, yes, I am. And he showed her the little logo. And she was like, did you modify your pants so that they would look cooler? And he was like, yeah, I did. <laughs> so, so I guess he didn't get in trouble. But, you know, there's always people yelling at us, authority figures. And it's hard for us. Um, I was telling the people at the back who I promised I would pick on, hi, everybody at the back, because they sat in the back, that I'm reading Harry Potter. And I just, uh, I'm just about finished the last book. So please don't tell me how it ends, right? Um, I have my theories, but I don't know yet. So, uh, and I like Harry Potter because there's a lot of this theme of rebellion and uh, people getting in trouble and going against what their teachers want, right? Um, I don't know if you guys, have you guys read it? Who here has read Harry Potter before? Who here has seen the movies? Okay, so a lot of you know what I'm talking about. There's this one, there's this one, I think it's in the third book, um, The Prisoner of Azkaban, where, uh, there's this hippogriff. A hippogriff is like this flying, what's a hippogriff? Guys in the back, describe a hippogriff to me, please. A flying horse, eagle thing, I don't know. It's a mix between a whole bunch of different creatures that has wings, right? So they make friends with this hippogriff, and then the hippogriff gets in trouble for biting, um, for biting Malfoy, right? And then uh, and they have to execute it. So the minister of magic, you know, the head honcho, shows up, and he is about to go and uh, carry out this execution, right? But, uh, you know, the kids don't want it to happen. They, they care about the hippogriff. So they're trying to figure out a way that they can, they can save him. And, uh, and at one point, Dumbledore himself, who's the headmaster, he's like the principal of the school, he, he helps them to find a way to go and, to go and save the hippogriff. So he's kind of like helping them to break the rules, helping them to, to sneak around and go against the Minister of Magic, right? And he does it by... Uh, by giving them a hint that they can use this trick that Hermione has for going back in time, like three hours. You guys remember the story, right? And then they go back in time a little bit, and then they're watching themselves do all these things that they were doing three hours ago, like punching Malfoy in the face. And, uh, and then they, they manage to sneakily save the hippogriff. But it's interesting because Dumbledore himself is kind of a rebel, you know? Dumbledore himself kind of, in some ways, wants to go against the authority, 
And, uh, and he's helping them at different times to go against the authority. So it's also a great story because these kids are always willing to risk their lives for their friends. You know, They're willing to put their lives on the line for the sake of helping their friends. Um, I think that Jesus was kind of a rebel sometimes. You ever heard the joke about Jesus being from California? You know, you know why Jesus is from California? Because he has long hair, he wears sandals, and he started his own religion. Right? Um, it's not really true that he started his own religion, but kind of. He was totally rebellious against the, the Pharisees and the religious leaders of his time. If you go through the Gospels, it's like every other page, Jesus is fighting with one of the religious leaders. You know, he's always telling them they're wrong, and he's always fighting with them, he's always getting into trouble. And in the end, that's why he, that's why he was condemned to death, because he got into trouble with the religious leaders. They're the ones who arrested him and decided that he should be put to death. So the, the Jews have this, have this uh, strong tradition of following their law. You know, if you pick up the Bible, there's a huge chunk of it in the Old Testament that, that is just the law that the Jews had to follow, right? But then you read the New Testament, and you've got people like St. Paul who say that Jesus came to set you free from the law. He came so that you would not have to follow all those rules anymore. Isn't that cool? It's kind of like, it's kind of like Jesus saying, look, there were a lot of rules before, and there was a lot of insistence on following all of these rules and all these norms and, and having to do all this stuff, and I want you to be free. And I think what's beautiful about that is that Jesus is tapping into a deep, deep desire that we all have for freedom. We all have this kind of repulsion to the idea of having someone else control our lives for us. You know what it's like when your parents try to control your life too much? They try to keep you from doing things that are harmless and that are fun and that are okay. And, and you just like, let me be free. Let me make my own decisions. You know? Your teachers probably know what it's like when their boss tries to control their life too much at work. Maybe you guys have work and you know what it's like. You know, it just totally goes against our nature to have someone else controlling us. We have this desire for freedom. And I think Jesus understands that. I mean, after all, he, he made us, right? He knows what we're like. So he wants us to be free. Um, do you guys remember our grade nine retreat when we did those scenarios? And you had, to, uh, you had to pop a balloon, right? Did we do the balloon thing with this group? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You had to pop a balloon and then you got your scenario and then... The scenarios came up, and, and some of the, one of them was about, uh, what was the best one? It was about the guy who likes a girl, and then the girl likes his best friend. Remember that one? Yeah, something like that. So um, that was really interesting for me to see that. Or, I mean, not that scenario, but the other ones, because uh, it confirmed for me this suspicion that I had, that for, for people in grade 9, there is one like unforgivable sin which you can never commit. What is that sin? Anyone want to take a guess? Somebody said it. Say it, say it, say it. Snitching! Yes, I knew it. You guessed it. You know, there was one scenario where it was like, um, you catch your friend, they catch your friend doing vandalism, and you have to, uh, you're being forced by the principal to rat him out, right? And nobody ever chooses telling the truth in that scenario, right? Now, that made me think a lot. Like, okay, so the person did something wrong, and maybe... They deserve to get in trouble, right? But none of us would want to snitch on our friend, right? Why is that, why is that such an important rule for us? I think that that uh, taps into another deep, deep truth, deep desire that we all have, which is this desire for friendship. Like, 
we naturally put friendship above rule following. When it comes to someone who breaks the rules, if they're our friend, the friendship is more important than making sure that they follow the rules or that they get punished or right, that authority gets obeyed. Right? And I think that that, too, is a deep truth. That's something that God has put inside of our hearts, that desire for, for friendship, for uh, communion, for being together with people, for having deep relationships with people. I mean, you guys all experienced COVID, and you know how much it sucks to be alone, to be, like, stuck at home and not to be with other people, right? That is the greatest proof for the fact that we are made for relationships. We're made to be with other people. So uh, where am I going with this? Those are two, two deep truths that God has put in our hearts. One is the desire for freedom, and one is the desire uh, for a relationship to be friends. Um, now, we're about to celebrate Christmas, and this is an Advent Mass, getting ready for Christmas. The mystery of Christmas is the fact that Jesus decided to become a human being. So he got to experience those things. He got to experience the desire we have for freedom. And we already talked about how he kind of was a bit of a rebel and didn't like being submitted to unnecessary authority, right? And Jesus also got to experience the desire that we have for relationship and for friendship. Um, you, know, you think about it, in most religions, uh, you never have God and man in the same person. You know, God and man are usually considered to be so radically different from each other that you can't really, you can't really join the two of them together. So even by becoming man, Jesus was a bit of a rebel. You know? He broke the number one rule of religions that God and man are distinct and very different from each other by becoming God and man in the same person. And uh, you know, actually on the day of his trial when he was condemned, that was the reason, that, that was like the, the final evidence for his condemnation was the fact that he claimed that he was going to be, that he, that he was both God and man. Um, if you look at today's gospel, look at today's gospel we just read. Jesus says, uh, if a shepherd loses a sheep, wouldn't he leave the 99 other sheep and go and find that one that went astray? And he rejoices more over the one that he found than over the ones that never went astray. Um, Jesus came down from heaven to earth to save the lost sheep. Who's the lost sheep? It's you and me and those people over there. Right? Anyone who's sinned, anyone who's, who's separated themselves from God is like the lost sheep. Um, but his reason for coming to save lost sheep is not because he hates sin and not because he wants to punish us for not being rule followers and for not following all the rules. What's the reason that he wants to save us? It's because of his friendship. Jesus just wants to be your friend. He doesn't want you to be like, submitted to authority unnecessarily, and he doesn't want you to, to be uh, a big rule follower all the time. He desires friendship. For Jesus... The hierarchy of values is the same as we kind of naturally sense that it is. That relationship comes before all those other things. He wanted a real relationship with people. He wanted their hearts. He didn't just want them to follow all those laws that, that the religious leaders were enforcing on people. So that's a beautiful thing. And that's what Jesus is inviting us to this Advent. In the end, Jesus didn't, didn't even just risk his life for us. He actually gave it. He actually died for us. That's a real friend. And uh, 
He died for us, not, again, not to make us follow the rules, but to win us over, to win us over. I like to say that the story of Jesus is the most beautiful story that's ever been told. A God who's perfect and has everything and perfect happiness, who had come down and become one of us so that he could sacrifice himself for us to win us over to his love so that we would love him in return.